the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, we're not really from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. It's more from our spare room. But, you know, it's still The Ride Home with John and Kathy, even though it's the stay-at-home version of John and Kathy. It's a little confusing to describe the pandemic, doesn't it, Kathy? Don't you think if Salem Media Group cared about us, they would have sent us some merch to put on the outside of our door? <laughs> some what you want, like a banner? Well, I mean, something to indicate that this is my workplace. I mean, I got nothing here. Nothing. Nothing no. looks like I, it always did, I, yeah. except that now I've piled all this, you know, broadcasting equipment on top of the spare room bed. Well, don't you have a couple of Word FM pens? No. A Word FM chip clip? No. Word FM beach ball? No. None of that. Huh. You know what I have? I have the huh. Word FM um, ice chipper. Oh, the you scraper. Know, the scraper. That's oh, a yeah. very good scraper. It's is a it very really? solid scraper. But the thought of having to scrape ice at this point when it's 91 no, 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 is no, really no. ridiculous. That's so. not good. Okay, so uh, early April, my neighbor down the street here, um, I, I was taking the dog for a walk, and he was building. I saw him in the backyard. He was building this massive, and I mean massive enclosure. I mean, gigantic two-by-fours spread out. It, Lots of chicken wire. Uh, I yelled up, hey, what's going on? You know, he, I br- he brought me up in the backyard. And it's the inside enclosure for his garden. Oh, to so, keep the deer out. Yeah. So now it's like blooming. There's all this beauty, but it's all self-contained inside this kind of like a bullpen sort of thing. But everything's, <laughs> everything's you know, there. He just, so that's what you're going to do with your tomatoes next year. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, my tomatoes have been <laughs> maligned by the deer here. I just kind of go. It, it was a good experiment just to see, you know, how aggressive the deer were. It didn't turn out well. But, okay, but anyway. So, oh, yeah. Speaking of gardens. Yeah. So gardens. Um, I saw this thing a couple, couple of days ago. You know, thousands of people across the country, thousands have received packages that are postmarked from China. And inside these packages are packs of seeds. And they're not one particular kind of seed. Some of them look like pumpkin seeds. Some of them look like bird seeds. There, uh, There's a mystery here. Thousands and thousands of people. Now, the FDA has gotten involved as they Wait found about these seeds. Hold on. So what's the return address say? Some, you know, well, who's, who's, who's got, you know, Chinese under their belt that they can clarify. So, so it does say something in Chinese. So it does. Yeah. Like yeah. Some Chinese company or something. Right. So the FDA has gotten involved and they're saying, if you have received these seeds, would you please send them to us? Because we do whatever you do, do not plant them in your backyard garden because they could be invasive in some way. They could be dangerous. We're not quite sure. We just know that the Chinese are sending seeds over. Now, um, so the, the good Chinese news is are sending random seed packets to random Americans. Yes. What? That's so, so weird. Have you heard about this internet thing where 
people send packages that have like nothing inside of it. And it's part of a scheme. So you can get um, um, comments on your website. No, I'm not quite sure what the correlation is between that and these seeds, but the FDA is saying there may be some correlation because on the packages, there's some there are saying electronic or jewelry. So they're classifying them as one thing, and then they're just putting seeds in, I guess, to add something. It's a mystery. But, of course, it's very particular about the Chinese. They, more than anything, like to mess with the United States. Do they Okay, not? so wait. So so the reason we shouldn't plant these seeds is because, A, we have no idea what they really are. Right. They, they could be an invasive species, and or they could hurt livestock. Exactly. All or these any things. animal. Yeah. So, um, that's so weird. There's no it's, people who have never ordered anything. There's no sort of thread as to why people are getting these seeds. The Office of Indiana State Chemist at Purdue University urged Indiana residents on Wednesday not to plant or even dispose of the seeds because of the potential harm that they could cause to backyard gardens and crops that are key to the agricultural economy. So, whatever you do, don't plant these things. Contact the Food and Drug Administration. Literally, Thousands of people across the country have received these packages. Man, that's yeah. weird. It's very weird. It is so weird. Okay, so if we, if any of our listeners have gotten seed packets, and if you have, I'd love to hear from you on our website, on our Facebook page, The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Um, what are we supposed to do with them? Send them to the FDA or, okay. or the United States Department of Agriculture, right? So that they can track who's getting them and where Cont- they're coming from. and Right. I'm going to contact right. the government, unless you're in Portland, when you're already in contact with the government. Yeah, you're standing in front of the uh, <laughs> county courthouse or whatever it is. Exactly. Know, yeah. Throwing your Molotov cocktails. Is that a little over-exaggeration of what's No, happening? no, it's not, no, it's not an exaggeration. I think it sounds pretty close, actually. Federal courthouse is where you are. All right. Okay. Coming up, John, in our program today, I'm very excited about it because we've got uh, Dr. Rick Zimmerman with us in a 5 o'clock hour. Um, oh. He's one of our most popular guests over the last quarter because he's our, um, he's our doctor who's on the front lines. Mm-hmm. He comes and gives us the Western Pennsylvania COVID-19 update. He'll be with us around 5.30. And we welcome John Tyson back to the program, lead pastor of Church of the City, New York. We're going to talk about his new book on beautiful resistance, being different than the culture around you. In the four o'clock hour, Ann Kennedy will be with us. We'll also talk about the fact that someone who might be crazy, but I like them, says that you can you can eat all the pizza you want, John, without damaging your health. That's not true. That sounds like the voice I, of God it. to me. I, I think don't. it is. I feel really good about it. Or the devil. Coming to stop it. Coming up next, Reverend Josh Brown from Belfield Church in Oakland. Bad news, he says. It's not good, but it's better than uncertainty. That's next. It's the Wednesday edition. We're glad you're along for the ride home. Word FM. Next time on Orchard Hill Today. So what we tend to do is we tend to say, I'm going to take a protective posture toward God, toward Christianity, toward faith. I'm not going to let it come near to me because if I do, it's going to demand some kind of a change. This week, Dr. Kurt Bjorklund, Senior Pastor at Orchard Hill Church, looks at the gospel account of the book of John in a series, Controversial Jesus. 
Be sure to join us weekday mornings at 9.30 a.m. for Orchard Hill Today on 101.5 Word FM. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for a free repair or replacement. Visit windowsrspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of the highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry from a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company, windowsrspittsburgh.com. That's windowsrspittsburgh.com. Audiences everywhere are saying Uncle Tom is a must-see movie. Fantastic. Absolutely wonderful. Excellent. Breathtaking. A movie that is changing hearts and minds. I really feel inspired. We're going to put up statues because of what this film may do. An eye-opening masterpiece of the real history of America. They want to cover up history. I didn't study that kind of stuff when I was in history. They are actively learning their history wrong. Why have you hidden this from me? Starring Larry Elder. And Uncle Tom is somebody who has sold out by embracing the white man. Candace Owens. I'm a black female. I should be at the top of the progressive stack. Brandon Tatum. They believe that I want to be accepted in the white community. Kind of like the house Negro back in slavery. And Herman Cain. As my late grandfathers used to say, I does not care. These are the voices of the movie Uncle Tom. Purchase now at UncleTom.com. Use promo code MOVIE for 20% off. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune into Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. How many times have you watched, you know, movies or television shows where one of the characters is sitting in a doctor's office and the character goes, Doc, just give it to me straight. I got to know good news or bad news. Just tell me straight. You know, the, the mystery is, you know, just killing me. Right. Of course. So when you go and you get checked out, you know, you think, am I going to be okay? Is everything the uncertainty of life is really sort of, you know, the crush of life, isn't it? It'd be nice to know good news, bad news. At least I have some control of that. What do you think, Kat? Well, the sad thing is everything is uncertain right now. <laughs> yes, it is. Josh Brown is back with us. Pastor Josh is the uh, pastor of Belfield Evangelical Presbyterian Church. Here to talk to us about neuroscience, neuroscience and uncertainty. Josh, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing pretty well. Good to be with you guys again. Yeah, thank you. Always a pleasure. So, Josh, there's nothing in your life you're uncertain about right now, right? Got it. <laughs> Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is a completely a detached, outside, objective observation, right? <laughs> Very, Very not, easy. I'm not affected by any of this. Yeah, exactly. no, I, we, we all are. You're right, Kathy. You're, you're right. I mean, everything everything feels uncertain right now. Um, and, and we're all experiencing that in different ways. 
Uh, my kids are getting ready to go back to middle school in the fall. I have no idea what that's going to look like. Uh, the church I pastor is in the university community. We have no idea what that's going to look like. And every, everything is just kind of up in the air right now. And, and because it is uh, like kind of a comprehensive uncertainty, uh, that just makes it even harder. There, there are very few areas that we can feel like we know exactly what's going to be happening or in store and what it'll look like. Right. Okay. So is this just a, a, you know, just a general malaise that we all feel, Josh, or somehow is this malaise backed up by science? Well, I think that like the anxiety and the, and the stress around that is, I mean, it is something that people feel. And uh, you made a comment about neuroscience. I mean, I'll say on the outset, I, I'm not an expert in, <laughs> in any of this stuff. That's not my, that's not my training or anything. I find a lot of it really interesting. I find it pretty fascinating to read about. And uh, I, I had been reading an article just the other day uh, about some research. It's not terribly new. It actually came out about four years ago, so it's not all that old. But they were actually able to show in, in some very concrete ways through some uh, some experiments and some analysis of what's going on physiologically in the bodies that uh, the higher uh, level of uncertainty a situation presents for you, actually the higher your stress levels get. Uh, and, and something that would be like a completely 50-50 toss-up is actually like the most stressful situation physiologically in terms of what your body's doing for other ones. Um, so, yeah, even if you know something is going to be bad, the fact that you know that, even your body responds differently to that. And I think, I think you can kind of sense that. Um, you know, you're in your car somewhere. One of the examples they gave in this little study is you're in your car heading somewhere, and if you, if you know you're going to be on time, great, no problem. You're not worried about it at all. If you also know you're going to be 30 minutes late, there's an accident, then you can start to, you know, breathe a little bit and say, all right, well, there's, not, there's nothing I can do about this. I'm clearly going to be late. I just need to figure out how to respond to this. You know, can I call ahead to the meeting? Do I try to come up with a creative excuse? What do I do? But when, if you're in that uncertainty where you're looking at the clock and thinking, like, I might be able to walk in the door right on time. Maybe not. I don't know. That just drives you. It's crazy. And, and that's just one kind of everyday example. But when we're faced with much larger stuff, like what's going on, I think, uh, just um, in the world right now, uh, so I think that pressure it just gets ratcheted up. Hmm. So I wonder, just as a side thing, you know, this deep division in the country between people who are wearing masks and those who are not wearing masks or people who, you know, are just regular Joes, but all of a sudden they've got a PhD in neuroscience. neuroscience. Oh I mean, those whole things, that <laughs> certainty in that, you know, that thing that we hold makes us feel better in some way, I guess. That's a good point, John. I, that's actually, that's a really good point. I think that might be why we try to project competence or certainty in certain areas, even if we don't have it. And, and, you know, we're very unlikely to admit that we don't have it, but by projecting some kind of certainty or omniscience in some particular area, uh, you might be onto something there. I mean, that might be a way that we even reduce our own kind of stress levels about this is like, all right, I've got, you know, I've got a handle on this. You may not, but I do. Uh, Let me tell you what I've learned. Uh, Yeah. John Hall might pursue a career in psychotherapy at this point. There's so much uncertainty, Josh. Believe me, you do not want me as your therapist. Can you imagine walking in and I'm sitting there waiting for you? I don't think so. 
We're talking to the Reverend Josh Brown from Belfield Evangelical Presbyterian Church in the Oakland District of Pittsburgh. We're talking about bad news. Look, it's not great, but it's better than uncertainty, which is what we've all got. Um, Okay, Josh. So I think we've all been in situations in life where we've gotten bad news, whether it's job bad news or it's relationship bad news or it's health bad news or whatever it is. Um, So bad news is one thing. Uncertainty is where we are right now. It is afflicting every single one of us in at least one way, usually a myriad of ways. So the question is, how do we deal with it? Yeah, that's that is that is a big question on it. And as as we were pointing out, there's there's clinical um, research that shows that that is that is the worst place to be is when when yeah. it's a totally unknown situation. And so uh, I think you know, scripture points to even even to something like that. I think it gets at a similar. It's acknowledging something similar. I think in, in a place like Psalm one twelve verse seven. Uh, so in, in Psalm one hundred twelve verse seven. All Psalm 112 is describing kind of the life and the character of a righteous person. You know, sort of what what marks them as a righteous person, somebody who is um, following the Lord and in a relationship with the Lord. And in verse 7 it says, He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. And again, I, I think it's getting into related concepts there and acknowledging that, you know, we don't need to be afraid of bad news. Uh, it's not comfortable. It's not fun. It's usually going to have some pretty messy consequences that we have to work through. But so you don't have to be afraid of bad news if your heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. And there's a there's a lot of implications I think that that is pointing to and things that we see in the rest of Scripture. Um, getting bad news again is not is not fun. Nobody wants. I, I don't enjoy getting bad news. But uh, even the worst news does not change who God is. Uh, even the worst news does not jeopardize who we are in Christ or what it is that God has prepared for those who love him, as Scripture talks about. And, and that's all the stuff you see in Romans 8 when Paul is going through that list. He's saying, look, there's not anything. Height, depth, the present, the future, even death itself, he said, can't separate you from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. So I, I think in those moments when uncertainty is stressful, produces a lot of anxiety, produces a lot of worry, uh, when, when the scales kind of tip, I guess, if you will, and it moves from uncertainty to even actually getting some bad news, what Scripture is saying is, um, you know, the Lord's the Lord is who He has always been. The Lord's mm-hmm. purposes for us in Christ are sure, and that doesn't just make the bad news go away, but I think it can help it from becoming entirely paralyzing. Yeah, yeah, that's a really that's a really good point, and I think times like this also bring home the fact that we don't want to acknowledge, which is that even in in what I would call quote unquote normal times. Our lives are uncertain. We trick ourselves into thinking that we have a, a modicum of control that we really don't have. And it doesn't take, yeah. you know, a whole lot to, to make us open our eyes and say, oh, wait a minute, you know, things really aren't in, um, in my hands all the time. In fact, mo- most of the time. Yeah. And, and I feel like in the last couple of months, we've kind of talked in various ways around this kind of theme sometimes I've been on with you guys, probably just because of what we're all been going through. Um, but that's, that's another thing that Scripture acknowledges. Um, passages like Isaiah, where it talks about all flesh being like grass and the flowers that fade, and, and you know, it's quoted a couple times in the New Testament, or James has that little part in chapter 4 where he says, look, we, we make our plans. We say, tomorrow we're going to go to this city or that city, we'll stay there for a year, we'll trade, we'll do business. And he says, you're like a mist in the morning. And those aren't meant to be... Um, that's not meant to insult us. It's not meant to kind of put us down or be depressing. Uh, it's just, it's a, it's an honest assessment of 
of how things are. And then they all kind of turn around and say, but the word of the Lord stands firm forever. Or James says, mm-hmm. but what you should say is if the Lord wills, this is what it'll be like. So none of, none of the authors of Scripture, again, I know we've talked about this together before, none of the authors of Scripture just look past that stuff uh, or say, oh my gosh, I hope I hope I never get any kind of bad news. They acknowledge, no, you will. It, it, it will happen in some form or some way. Uh, but your heart can be firm, trusting in the Lord, as the psalmist said, and you can know the things that are true about you in Christ, regardless of of how bad the news seems to be or is. Yes. And I think, you know, this is obviously borne out with studies and different things over the years, right? The people of faith, if you're a person of true faith, if you're walking with the Lord in a solid way, then your anxiety level, for the most part, is a little different than the rest of society. I think that's, you know, that's a common theme that we've talked about. I think so. Yeah, I think in these kind of conversations, it's always good if you can take some time to, to nuance some stuff, though. Um, yeah. When you're talking about anxiety, I mean, there is, you know, there is clinical anxiety, which people who suffer from that will say, hey, I, I have no control over that. That's not something I want. That comes unbidden. Um, it's, it's very hard to manage. And there are, there are different ways you approach something like that. But then there's the anxiety that, you, uh, that we kind of indulge. It, it's that sort of restless worry that we actually almost secretly like to indulge in. And so that's, that's a different thing, even though we use the same word for it. And I still would say for sure on, on that front, John, if you have something that you can turn to yes. in those times and say, yes, everything is uncertain. Uncertainty is the physiologically worst place for my body to be, <laughs> according to science and research and everything. I also just know that because of how I feel. Um, so let me, let me turn to some things that are, sure, are certain and are sure mm-hmm. in these moments. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not yeah. on your own understanding. Exactly. So, Josh, yeah. you know, as a pastor and as a father, you know, you see this uncertainty. Uh, you know, in our house, we're waiting, you know, to talk about college. We're still uncertain yeah. about that in some ways. I mean, you see that in your wife or your children. You're moved to, you know, to talk or to, you know, pray or to do something to dampen down the anxiety. Yeah, I think that's a natural response. Nobody, nobody likes to sit in that place of peak stress. Right. <laughs> um, I, I don't. I don't think anybody likes to. I don't. Uh, yeah. and, and you're right. So there's there's a react there's a reaction, and I think you got. I think you hit on some of it earlier, John. Where we will try to project a certainty if we don't have one, uh, or we'll just avoid it. You know, turn a kind of blind eye to anything. Um, but then I think there's a response that is the one that we've been talking about that Scripture directs us to, which says. Which, which can say, yes, I, this, this is really tough. This is hard. I, I, you know, talking to family or any other people say, yeah, I, I'm not sure what the fall is going to look like in terms of, you know, what kind of things will be available at the church or how we're going to go about some of our times of worship or small groups. I don't know what school is going to look like for some of the kids. Uh, but none of those things can change the heart of the gospel, which is the fact that, uh, you know, I who was dead in my sins and trespasses have been made alive together with Christ. And there's nothing that can shake that. Um, so, you know, just reminding and refreshing ourselves of those things, um, which kind of stand, uh, they're, they're not able to be touched by any of the uncertainty that's kind of swirling around us. Yeah. Pastor Josh Brown from Belfield Evangelical Presbyterian Church in the Oakland neighborhood here in the city of Pittsburgh.
Josh, before you leave us, uh, tell us about Belfield Church. Yep. And I don't know, give us a window. How are your people responding in these times? We did a little phoner yesterday and asked our listeners to talk about what their Sundays have been like. And there's just this huge yep. cross-section of people. You know, some people have been back worshiping in person for six weeks. Some haven't been back at all. You know, some are worshiping with, you know, eight people in a sanctuary. Some are in there with, you know, 500. It's so different. Yeah. It really is, yeah, and I think, uh, I mean, I, I, I echo all the folks out there who are saying, look, we need to have a lot of grace and charity in these conversations as we're talking with one another um, and, and you know, show a level of, a certain level of trust in that whatever local leadership has decided for their congregation, you do hope is, is in the best interest of that particular congregation. It's going to be different one from the other. So, you know, that's, a, that's just a broader approach that I want to take on for us, I think we've been wrestling with all those things is to say, you know, you know, the language that we've been using as we try to think through it is how do we be faithful and responsible? Uh, we want to be faithful to our biblical and theological convictions about worship, and we also want to be responsible in, in doing that in a way that is demonstrating a love for neighbor, that's being thoughtful and intentional, and so we kind of go about it. And that's a, that's a thin space to try to identify. Um, so we have been trying to do that, and we have been actually for us again as you said everybody's in a little different place for us this week we're going to uh roll out what i guess is i don't know it's probably like the 10th version of worship plans over the past three months <laughs> um, we've been continuing to produce an online service uh, we're going to begin having a, a small kind of gathering in the sanctuary on sunday morning for the folks who are able to or want to do that and for a couple months now we've been having a sunday evening little kind of prayer and devotional time out on the front patio of our church. Um, so that's going to continue. And hopefully, you know, there's some options then that, that allow people to be able to be a part of things in a way that uh, is faithful and responsible for them and is um, able to kind of keep us uh, who we are and what we're supposed to be doing. That's good. Okay. So that key word for me that I hear, Josh, is options. You know, in a world mm-hmm. where uh, increasingly there are fewer options, it's good to hear that you are providing options for the congregation. Yeah, we're trying to. I mean, I recognize that it, for people are different, and it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to, not everybody's in the same place, as you said. And so there are there are a lot of folks I know for whom um, doing something remotely online is, is legitimately, I mean, the, that is the best option, and, and maybe for a very long time, uh, and we want to recognize that. And, and yet there are maybe some folks for whom, if we can do it in, in measured and kind of careful ways, being together uh, is also maybe the best option at this particular point. Um, so it's, uh, you know, we, we don't want to kind of bend over backwards to create way more stuff than needs to happen, but we do want to make sure that folks aren't um, maybe just getting excluded uh, because we picked one option that, that doesn't work for them. That's a hard, it's a hard place. Yeah, that is a hard place. But Josh, we appreciate you and all the other pastors in our area who are putting so much time and energy into trying to figure out what the best move is for their congregation in times that are, aren't you sick of hearing the word uncertain? I just, <laughs> I just can't stand it anymore. I'd like to have some certain times. Anyway, that's the Reverend Josh Brown, Belfield Presbyterian Church in Oakland. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Josh. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Hope you have a good day. Always mm-hmm. our pleasure. Let's take a break. Uh, come back in a few minutes. Hey, uh, the good news is, uh, according to uh, the University of Bath in the UK, Great. that you can pig out and eat all the pizza that you want occasionally without damaging your health. What do you mean occasionally? Occasionally. I don't know what, you know. 
Well, if you say once a year, this is going to be a dumb segment. Just, you know, you decide what occasional is for you. I will for myself. Okay. All right. You can pick out the details about that good news next. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. Or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. Hi, this is John Hall telling you how much I love my pillow and how it's really changed my sleep. Check out the new mattress topper. It's truly amazing. I don't know if I love my pillow or the my pillow mattress topper more. Get a my pillow mattress topper and get some of the best sleep of your life. It comes with a 10-year warranty and a cover that's washable and dryable. It is made in the USA and backed with Mike Lindell's 60-day money-back guarantee. MyPillow.com. Save 30%. Use promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 when you do. Mike will give you two standard MyPillows for free. That's MyPillow.com, promo code WORD, or by calling 800-391-0954. Seriously, get the best night's sleep of your life. It's all about MyPillow, 800-391-0954. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. First Presbyterian Church is a beacon of light and love to this community. The message that I hear sustains me for the whole week. I love this church because of the diversity and the music and the people. The incredible beauty of the space. A warm, welcoming congregation. The people are amazing and truly love one another and Christ and our pastor preaches the gospel. I want everybody in Pittsburgh to come and experience. First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh in the heart of the city with the city in its heart. Today's forecast calls for clear skies, slight winds coming out of the Northeast, and customized car insurance from Liberty Mutual, so you only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at Radio.com. Partial clouds, tonight's low 67. Clouds and some sunshine for Thursday, high 86. Tomorrow night, cloudy with showers, low 65. Clouds and some sunshine on Friday, high 82. For Saturday, clouds and sun, humid with a shower or thunderstorm, high 81. And for Sunday, high 82. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. 
Well, who among us does not love a good slice of pizza? Well, how about 12? Um, well, so here's the good news. Whether you're at Thanksgiving dinner or an all-you-can-eat buffet, researchers at the University of Bath in the UK say that a new study involving pizza finds people can eat much more than what normally makes them feel full really? without causing health problems. The University of Bath says young men are able to devour twice as much pizza when they push themselves. For some in the study, between the ages of 22 to 37-year-old men, this means chowing down, get this, two and a half large pizzas. Oh, come on. Two and a half large That's like come. Joey Chestnut. Come on. Right? Okay, Mike, I need you to weigh in here. When you eat pizza, and don't be shy because we're all friends here, how many pizzas do you normally eat? Uh, say on average, three. Three to four. Me too. Yeah. I do three. When we go to Minio's, like for family pizza, I'll do three. My kids will do three. My wife does two. Okay. How do you get from three to two and a half pizzas? Yeah. How could you possibly eat that much? I don't know. Some people can, right? Some people have that sort of endless thing. Okay. So right? why is so why is it? Is there something in particular about pizza that you can gorge yourself on it and it's not going to injure you in some way? Well, researchers say the greatest change after eating uh, such a pizza meal, two and a half pizzas, involve the hormones that make you feel full. Hormones known as GLP and peptide YY are released from the gut and stimulate the production of insulin. So your mood, your appetite is likely to change after suffer, stuffing, stuffing yourself. The study finds that participants become sleepy and lethargic within four hours of that maximum meal. But um, here's what they say. The biggest shocker is eating to extremes apparently affect the reward centers of the brain. Participants uh, were so full, they turned down sweet treats after the meal. Study authors say eating food like pizza rarely affects the brain's desire for pleasurable sweets. But even though you can't, they, they don't go into how you can do that. They're just saying, you go ahead and keep on eating because it's not going to affect your overall health. Well, great. Yeah. I'm excited. We have pizza every Sunday. Really? Yes. Every Sunday. Mm-hmm. We had pizza last night. How was it? It was excellent. Where was it from? Veltri's. I don't know uh, Veltri's. It's up in Braddock Hills. Loved okay. it. Okay. Very good. It's a thin crust pizza, okay. which I prefer. All right. What's your toppings on pizza? Uh, pepperoni and light onion. Oh, that's interesting. Mike, what do you what do you? I like the Hawaiian pizza with the uh, pineapple and ham. Really? Okay. I'm doing mushrooms and green pepper. Are you? Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, it's that's nice. delicious. You I know what so. I did a couple weeks ago that I hadn't done in a while? Huh. I did a calzone. Oh my gosh, calzone's fabulous! Isn't I did it? a Greek. I did a Greek calzone. Yeah, Italia made me think of Ben Wyatt, Parks and Rec, the uh, low cow calzone zone. It's what I was in. <laughs> right, right. And so I when you do a calzone, do you do a little sauce on the side for dipping? I get double sauce, John. Oh, oh, oh. yeah. That's I mean, when you get a calzone, aren't they big? They're like a cow's head. It is so delicious. Yeah. I love to see that half moon shape when mm-hmm. I pull open the top of that box. That's nice. I think that's going to be several meals for me. Several meals. Now, I could do like two meals for a calzone easily. Yeah, so right. I could probably do three. Right. My kids will eat a whole calzone. That's disgusting. Oh, my God. I think so, too. That's but you know what? It's not disgusting, apparently, according to the University of Bath. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's got to catch up with you. You know that. Sooner or later, my it's going to catch up. Listen, my, since I bet since she was 14, my daughter, my 18-year-old daughter eats an entire pizza every Sunday. 
What? Well, she's oh yeah. Is this your youngest or oldest? Yes, my youngest. Really? Holy uh-huh. smokes! Yeah. Now listen, I, I, to me, the barometer of this is, is new Mike, because mm-hmm. when Mike joined us. He was a bit of a young pup, and he was super lithe. He was very skinny. Now, of course, the years <laughs> have started fat. to the years <laughs> have weighed on Mike a little What's bit. What's going they, on here? Kind of, they've kind of weighed on him. Because Mike eats like unfettered. He'll eat whatever, you know, he sees nearby. Things have changed a little bit. Have they not? Mike Absolutely. There's no question about uh, it. Uh-huh. I, well, no, they haven't. Because, you know, yesterday there was some pizza in the kitchen. In the, yeah. in the, Our uh, kitchen. the Word FM kitchen. Yeah. yeah. And I walked past it. I stopped. I said, do I eat a couple slices? Or do I keep going? Just keep walking yep. past. And I ate like three slices. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't, I love that I couldn't turn And then down. you went home and had dinner. And then I went home, had some more pizza. We ordered more pizza. Yeah. What? Yeah. So See, that's yeah. no good. Yeah. Oh I think God. since I've had this job, I've gained like 15 pounds. I think. Oh, so Here. it's the job. It's, it's Word it's FM. Wonderful. I think it's wonderful. Well, I'm you know, sitting Mike, more. You listen, know? listen, listen, Mike is still so skinny. He is. You know, yeah. my goal is to just continue to, to weigh less than Mike. That's my goal. <laughs> oh, Mike, yeah. how much you weigh in these days? you have any number 145. on 145. Oh, good. I'm fine. Wait. When he started working, he was saying he was 133. Yeah. Right? We're okay. 130, yeah. Yeah, so now he's at 145. Oh, I'm have good. You, have you packed on the COVID weight at all? Anybody? I have no. not. I, I have. haven't. Okay. I have. I, I feel it. I know it. Yeah. But I thought you went to the doctor like a month ago and you were good. I'm fat. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay. Full disclosure. Whatever. All right. All right. We're taking Anyways, a break. How it is. When we come back, seven takes about education in America with our good friend Ann Kennedy. Stay close. It's the I've eaten too much version of the ride home. You're a little fatty, John. Pass the garlic sauce. WORD. Next time on The Journey with Ron Moore. Integrity starts with honesty before God. That's a challenge. We're not honest before God. So what are some ways that you say, okay, you're going to be honest before God. That's just a statement. How do you do that? How do you apply that? This is Ron Moore. Join us for The Journey weekday mornings at 1130 on 101.5 Word FM. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare contracts, and in the process started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sound crazy? The crazy thing is, this never ends. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare contract, you'll pay nothing. Were you lied to when buying a timeshare and want out? Get the facts about timeshare cancellation. Call Wesley now for your free information kit. 800-605-5757-800-605-5757-800-605-5757. For more than 20 years, investigative filmmaker Tim Mahoney has traveled across the globe in search of patterns of evidence to support some of the Old Testament's most miraculous events. 
Now with the Red Sea Miracle Part 2, Journey to Egypt and Beyond, as Tim interviews some of the world's foremost experts to discover the truth. Is there evidence of how and where the host of Israelites could have traveled as recorded in the Bible? Is there evidence of the Egyptian army's demise in the Red Sea? If you've seen the first part of this investigation of the Red Sea Miracle, you won't want to miss the continuation. The results of his pursuits are faith-affirming and fascinating. You must see Patterns of Evidence, The Red Sea Miracle, Part 2. To see this powerful documentary and others in the series, go to SalemNow.com and use the promo code Pittsburgh for 20% off. That's SalemNow.com, promo code Pittsburgh. In the 2016 race for president, Donald Trump was not the first choice for many Christian voters. His personal history made it unimaginable that he would defend Christian values as president, or so we thought. In his new book, Forgotten Country, The Christian Case for Trump, Dr. Ralph Reed shows that President Trump has kept his promises and been the most effective presidential defender of religious liberty and the pro-life cause since Reagan. It's required reading in 2020. Forgotten Country, the new book by Ralph Reed, available wherever books are sold. So there's all this weird uncertainty, right? I mean, school's ready to open in just a couple of weeks. Uh, Are they opening or not? What's it going to be like? How is the landscape going to change? Ann Kennedy's with us. Ann's a regular guest on our show. She is the author of Nailed It. 365 sarcastic devotionals for angry and worn out people. She blogs every day at preventinggrace.com. And welcome back to the show. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. How are you? Uh, pretty good. Hey, before we get started, you know, I love, I follow you on Facebook and your family was like mine growing up because I'm one of seven kids. You, you have a birthday about every other week in your household. Do you not? That's what it feels like. It's crazy. Yeah, I love it. I mean, and you, you blow it out. You've always got a birthday cake. Everyone's sitting around the table. So good for you to keep it going. Yeah, I mean, it gets so exhausting when you have two in a month, too. And I feel like young families, young mothers should ask me what not to do before they get started on their birthday traditions because <laughs> I have good. so much good advice. Very mm-hmm. good. <laughs> yeah, the problem is because once you get started and make the mistakes, you have to keep perpetuating them. That's mm-hmm. just the way it is. All right, Anne, yep, you've been thinking you never about get edu- to stop. <laughs> you've been thinking about education, and we're all thinking a lot about education. Um, John and I both have kids who are college age, and they have no idea what's coming over the next three weeks, four weeks. Um, it's all sorts of craziness. I have um, family members who've got kids that are, you know five years old. We've got kids that are eight years old. Nobody knows what's going to be happening. So from your perspective, um, what's it like? I mean, do you homeschool all six? I do homeschool technically, but my four oldest are, have been in an online school for the last, basically from junior high on. I, I have them in a, a good classical online school. So it's like hybrid, but it's at home. Okay. All right. So um, talk about what, do you have less uncertainty than the average person because you already have been working with your kids online? I mean, I feel like I was made for such a time as this. I've hated homeschooling for the last, I don't know what, it feels like a hundred years, but maybe it's only like 15. And, um, And for the first time in my entire life, I've been grateful 
that I'm a homeschooler. So that's not terrible, but it's kind of terrible watching everybody else be really unhappy about having to figure it out on the fly. It's not a good situation. Yeah. Okay. So when you see what's happening here, all this uncertainty and, you know, in the piece that you wrote, which is terrific, seven takes about education in America, lay out some of your thoughts about where we are, because even in the best of times, you know, the schools can be a, a bit of a problem. I live in a part of the country where, you know, people are always leaving where I live. Very, very few people ever come back here. And so, you know, as the tax base shrinks, uh, people get anxious and then they, you know, uh, it, it, it just gets worse and worse. And uh, the schools, I mean, I live in a place where people work really, really, really hard in the in the public schools and in the Catholic system, uh, but they can't really make it against the huge issues that people have in their home lives. And I mean, there's honestly no amount of money that makes some of the situations okay that people are dealing with in their home lives, but those come into the school, of course. Uh, and our system is so centralized in Albany that uh, we don't have a lot of say about, um, you know, how the money should be spent and what kinds of things teachers should have to face. Uh, so it's been declining and getting worse and worse here for the last 10 years. In fact, people who really, really believed in the public system, and I was always kind of mediocre about it, uh, ended up before COVID pulling their kids out and beginning to homeschool. So that's how, you know, declined our own system has gotten over the years. Okay. And talk then about um, how homeschooling can be a perfect alternative for people, because I think a lot of people listening who feel locked out of the decisions that their public school has made are feeling like, homeschooling is just too far out of their grasp. It's not something that they could do. They're not educated enough. They're not disciplined enough. Um, so they just want to throw up their hands. Well, so I think that homeschooling is very different than it was even when I started doing it. And that's because, uh, you know, so many people in the country are doing it every year. It's in, in our town, I, I read that for a while it was doubling almost every year. Um, you know, wow. in the last decade. So uh, there are, there's so much support for homeschooling uh, amongst homeschoolers. There's more, there's too much choice in many cases. It's almost dizzying how many different things you could do. And it's not the case that if you're homeschooling, you're, do, you're just teaching your kids at home. I mean, very few homeschoolers that I know actually do that. They they might muddle all along through elementary school, and then they'll do some kind of hybrid online learning, um, co-op, um, and then their own, you know, self-directed kind of program. You kind of put it together yourself. Uh, but there's so much support that it, it just doesn't, it's not like it was when I was homeschooled for one year in the 80s, <laughs> where that wasn't a good deal. But um it's not. It doesn't need to be that daunting. And and in our church, we have several very low income um, families that homeschool, and they do it on a shoestring, and they do a good job. And both parents work full time, 
so it's no longer the sort of privileged class option. Um, and I think our community would be really served if people just knew what those, you know, had more information about what all that was and, and could get to it. I think they would, they would not be as disadvantaged as everybody is saying they're going to be. And I, I would imagine, look, we've never homeschooled and I've never, I never was homeschooled, but I, I'm sure it, homeschooling is not for the faint of heart, but go back and talk about homeschooling kids when both parents work. What does that look like? Well, so it's, it is tough. You're right. It's not for the faint of heart, but it is for the people who, you know, have had enough and who are prepared to make it work. Uh, so, yeah, it's not ideal, but nothing about the situation that we're in right now is ideal for anyone. So no. I think if everyone just sort of says, okay, this is awful, I'm just going to do it, everyone will be happier. Uh, but, yeah, you do you do make it work. Um, it does help if one person works. You know, you, you probably can't do it if both people are working 12-hour shifts in a grocery store or, um, you know, stocking shelves or something like that. Um but you can make it work if you have opposite shifts. And um, so you can see I'm talking about shift work. I'm not talking about um, even middle-class jobs. Um, you can make it work if, if you can get your hours opposite of, from each other. If one person can work part-time, if you're allowed, if you can take your kid with you into some situation. So, um, you know, our church secretary has homeschooled her daughter in the church office for the last um, five to seven years. <laughs> I can't remember. Um, and uh, she's, you know, she's not upper middle class or anything like that. And yeah, you can, you can make stuff work. You can get very cheap curriculum. Um, you can get helps from the state even. You can even have an IEP if you have kids with disabilities and the state will work with you where I live. Um, it does take figuring out the system. So that is certainly hard. But even there, there are so many people in my community who are um, able and willing to go out of their way to help other people along. So it, it's daunting, but it, it's definitely doable. And I think people should, maybe people who are panicking right now should just take a deep breath and get on the internet and they'll see that it's not that big a deal. Well, Anne, I wish we could talk more about this because I think it's probably an encouragement to a lot of people listening, but our time is up. Um, if you want more information about Anne Kennedy, you can find our Facebook page, The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Um, Anne's article is called Seven Takes About Education in America and can be found online at patheos.com. Anne Kennedy, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. Let's take a break. Come back. Um, from time to time, we sort of delve into a, a Dear Abby mode. Uh, we saw something today. There is a mother talking about her daughter being married in October. Should she attend or not? This is the story they don't want you to see. Told by people they don't want you to hear at a time when so many desperately need to hear it. This is the story of Uncle Tom. Most people are completely oblivious to the history of the Democratic Party. Story, Larry Elder, Candace Owens, Herman Cain, Brandon Tatum. Hear their stories of how their life was changed when they finally figured out the truth. Go to UncleTom.com. Buy it now on pay-per-view. UncleTom.com. This is their story of redemption and hope. 
We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for a free repair or replacement. Visit windowsrspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of the highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry from a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company, windowsrspittsburgh.com. That's windowsrspittsburgh.com. Hey, are you guys open? Yeah, yeah, we are. Come on in. As businesses reopen across the nation, is your business prepared for what comes next? Salem Surround can help. COVID-19 brought America's thriving economy to a screeching halt. But now, local businesses are getting back to normal. Are you ready for the return to business and all that pent-up consumer demand? Contact Salem Surround. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. My friend Arlie and his wife just last month closed on their first ever house. He said as weird as it was buying a house during a pandemic, he is thrilled to finally escape their tiny two-bedroom apartment here in the city and have a place for their son to run in the yard and sun-filled rooms with plenty of room to grow in. Obviously, things have changed, but the American dream is still within reach. Hey, if you're looking for a mortgage, of course you'll shop around, but you really owe it to yourself to call United Faith Mortgage. Faith and family are central to who they are, and it's a big reason why they're here on the airways or Word FM. Father and son, John and Ryan, run United Faith, but when you call, John's wife, Denise, or sister-in-law, Barbara, answer your call. And these are good people. With their direct lender advantage, you'll get a better rate and save you money monthly and over the life of your mortgage. Look online, unitedfaithmortgage.com. That's unitedfaithmortgage.com. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. I got to be honest, I miss Dear Abby. I used to read her every day. Now, Dear Abby's long since gone. But uh, there's a, a, a newer thing called Miss Manners, and uh, it's in today's PG. Uh, okay. Dear Miss Manners, my daughter is scheduled to get married in October. The state where the wedding is to take place has lifted all restrictions on the ceremonies. She and her fiance will travel from their home state, which is currently a hot spot for COVID. My daughter doesn't want to put her life on hold. She doesn't want to wait to have the wedding or reception. She's willing to downsize, but not, in my opinion, to a safe level. I'm in good health, but at an age that is considered at risk. She wants me to come and participate. I'll have to fly to get there. I'm torn as I've been social distancing and following CDC guidelines up to this point. Any advice for me? Mm, mm, mm-hmm. mm. All right, Kath, okay. would you uh, would you fill in there? What, what would your advice be? Well, I am not Miss Manners, nor mm-hmm. am I Ann Landers or Dear Abby. Right. So how? But I would. I can't. Im- I, I don't know. I mean, I just I don't think that I could miss my daughter's wedding. Right. Okay, so here's what Miss Manners says. Your daughter is an adult who's making a choice that might seem to you and to me to be particularly short-sighted. Her desire not to put life on hold is natural for an eager bride. The risk for transmitting a virus is particularly high for larger gatherings. 
I just read an account of an outdoor charity reception that was held in Washington earlier this month with all the guests presumably educated and concerned about transmission. Nine guests came down with the virus. Um, She goes on. You must make the choice that is wisest for you. Mothers want to be there for their children. We want to give our kids what they want in life, but understand that if you felt pressured to attend, did attend, and then became ill, your daughter would be devastated. So your choice not to attend will on some level be for her also. Hard as it is, hard as it is to face, not being there might be the best way for you to be there for her. So Miss Manners is saying, don't go. That's hard. Do you agree with Miss Manners? Uh, no, I, I'd want to no, go. I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. I would say rent a car or, you know, I, I, don't, right. I don't find a way to be there. Right. But your daughter is being a little selfish, would you say? Yeah. Right. It's Boy, that, that's a shock that both sides of, a, of the disagreement are being selfish. Right. Exactly. Wouldn't happen in Swiss though. <laughs> Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, tune in, and on radio.com. In the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Oregon Governor Kate Brown says federal agents who have been guarding the U.S. courthouse during violent protests in downtown Portland, Oregon, will begin withdrawing in the next 24 hours. Florida reporting more than 9,400 coronavirus cases and 216 deaths today. That eclipses the daily death record set a day ago. The state health department reporting more than 6,300 total confirmed deaths. The new numbers raise the average number of deaths reported daily to 142. That's second only to Texas overall. Heavy rains pummeling the eastern Caribbean due to a weather system headed to Puerto Rico. The storm could turn into a tropical storm and unleash flooding and landslides. The Federal Reserve keeping its benchmark short-term interest rates pegged near zero. The Dow today gaining 160 points. This is SRN News. Audiences everywhere are saying Uncle Tom is a must-see movie. Uncle Tom was amazing. Simply brilliant. Uncle Tom's the finest, most thought-provoking documentary I've ever seen. Oh my God, what an amazing movie. Every American needs to watch your film. It doesn't matter if you're left, right, or center. It's a great movie. It's just absolutely wonderful. An eye-opening masterpiece of the real history of America. I am blown away. Breathtaking. I sat here with tears rolling down my face through most of this movie. Thank you so very, very much for doing this. Uncle Tom is one of the most important documentaries of our time. I highly recommend everyone get it. I wish I could figure out a way to get everybody to watch it. Purchase now at UncleTom.com. Use promo code Pittsburgh for 20% off. I think that you may save America with this movie. UncleTom.com. Hi, this is John Hall telling you how much I love my pillow and how it's really changed my sleep. Check out the new mattress topper. It's truly amazing. I don't know if I love my pillow or the my pillow mattress topper more. Get a my pillow mattress topper and get some of the best sleep of your life. It comes with a 10-year warranty and a cover that's washable and dryable. It is made in the USA and backed with Mike Lindell's 60-day money back guarantee mypillow.com. Save 30%. Use promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 when you do. Mike will give you two standard MyPillows for free 
That's MyPillow.com, promo code WORD, or by calling 800-391-0954. Seriously, get the best night's sleep of your life. It's all about MyPillow, 800-391-0954. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. WORD celebrates the high school class of 2020, and we'd like to reward your college-bound seniors' achievement during our Senior Spotlight Sweepstakes, presented by Salem Media Group. Enter now through August 20th for a chance to win a $500 school package. Click the contest banner at WordFM.com and upload a photo of your senior with a short bio of their future plans. Then, Friday, August 21st, one lucky senior will win a $500 school package. The Senior Spotlight Sweepstakes, brought to you in part by Salem Media Group, Salem Surround, and this station. This is Tim Seckler inviting you to tune in each and every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by my law firm, the Seckler Law Firm. Each week, we'll talk about your family's well-being as it relates to elder law, nursing home stays, estate planning, and keeping your hard-earned savings. And if you missed the Life and Legacy show, you will find it archived at secularlawfirm.com. See you Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy show. Partial clouds, tonight's low 67. Clouds and some sunshine for Thursday, high 86. Tomorrow night, cloudy with showers, low 65. Clouds and some sunshine on Friday, high 82. For Saturday, clouds and sun, humid with a shower or thunderstorm, high 81. And for Sunday, high 82. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along for the Wednesday edition of The Ride Home. Kath, good to see you as well. How are things? Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. day. Lovely. Happy to be enjoying summer, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to maintain a good attitude. Very good. Is the summer going fast for you, or is the yes. pandemic somehow slowed things down? No, the summer always goes too fast. It surely does, yeah. Okay, well, the world seems to be very fast, and apparently the quickened pace of the world um, has infected, of all things, classical music. Mm. I, um, I saw an article in Rolling Stone, which you know I peruse from time to time. So they're, they're saying this, that pop and rap music are, the, uh, are not the only two genres speeding up in tempo. Uh, now, here's what they did. Uh, this uh, person who wrote this article, uh, Amy Wang, went back and uh, she uh, had a box. Uh, it was called Box 333. It's a box set that marks the 330th anniversary of the German composer's birth. Okay. And she's listening to it and she's thinking, well, this is different. She must have grown up in a classical household. This sounds different than what I grew up with. So what they did was they compared box double violin concerto. This is a sort of a standard classical piece. You probably would recognize it if you heard it. Yes. It's been around so long. So they went and listened to recordings that were released in 1961, 1978, and 2016. And uh, the first movement of this double violin concerto uh, in 1961 was recorded at four minutes and 15 seconds. Okay. In 1978, they looked at other recordings that same recording that was 4.15 in 61 was suddenly 
three minutes and 57 seconds. Wow. Now, they went to 19, I'm sorry, to 2016. In 1961, it was four minutes and 15 seconds. In 2016, it was two minutes and 56 seconds. Oh, my gosh. Right. Uh-huh. So, so pop what? music so- follows the evolution of society in general. Everything moves faster. Swedish hitmaker Max Martin said in a 2016 interview. How about that? When breaking down key components of the song, uh, the top of the charts include Britney Spears, One More Time, Katy Perry's Teenage Dream. Uh, all these songs are sped up over time. They say that you know, that we have really grown, grown very used to this. Okay, so I would assume that that also has some, it's not just the fact that we like faster music. We probably like faster music because of the faster pace of everything else. Right. So, so because our life is faster, then it seems as if we need our music faster also. Mm-hmm. Right. Because our attention spans have become ever shorter. Okay. Let me ask you this. Hmm. When you lived in New York City for you know a decade plus, that is a <laughs> – whenever I'm there, I'm just – Shocked at the pace with which it moves. Yeah, pre-pandemic. Okay. When no, I, I was I wasn't there during the pandemic. Yeah. It was pre-pandemic. Um, when you came back to Pittsburgh, oh, oh, it was incredibly shocking. Was it really? Oh my god! In Tell every me. conceivable way. Um, it's funny you bring this up because I think about this often. When I came back to Pittsburgh to live, it was as if I was living in the country. I mean. I felt my entire being slow down really? and having been, you know, at that pace for so long, I felt like when I came back to Pittsburgh, I got this, this is easy peasy in comparison to what I've been. It was all, it was kind of like post-traumatic stress disorder in a way that the pace was so quick and I was so charged up and I was doing so much that it took me a while to kind of settle down into, into this pace. I liked Isn't it. I liked that it a lot. Interesting. Isn't that so. interesting? Okay. All right, so because cities have taken on a much greater role in the average American's understanding because of television, because of news, and TV and news all center around the poles, right? I don't mean the North and South. I mean L.A. and New York, right? That probably everybody's pace is faster than it was because when you turn on the TV, that's what you see. Right, but here's what – this is interesting to me. So now we're in this unplugged phase of our lives for a lot of people. However, have you noticed this? When you get on the parkways or the turnpike, people are crushing yes, how fast they're that. moving. Yeah. I mean, people are going easily 20, 25, 30 miles over the speed limit yeah. on the parkway. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's, you know, that pent up slowness thing has come upon people. So when they get in their car, they're in control and they can crank it and they do. I don't know what that means, but it's just something I've observed. Wow. So classical music. The fact that it went from four minutes, 20 seconds to two minutes, something is just 257. Really, that's just really something. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, wow. if you were a musician spanning that time, you know, say you were playing for the symphony for a couple of decades, if you reckoned that in your own playing. Yeah. You got a good chops to pull that off. You sure do. Yeah. 
All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we have a terrific five o'clock hour at the bottom of the hour. Dr. Rick Zimmerman will be with us. He's our COVID-19 frontline worker who joins us on about a weekly basis. He comes to talk about what Western Pennsylvania um, is doing with the COVID-19 virus and how we can kind of look toward the next week um, with, uh, well, today we'll talk about masks. Maybe the mask you're wearing won't just help your neighbor, but it just might help you. That's at 530. But coming up next, we're so excited to be welcoming John Tyson to the program lead pastor of the Church of the City, New York. John's a terrific writer, a terrific speaker, and he's up next. So stay right where you are on this Wednesday edition of the Stay Home. WORD. And they lived happily ever after. Ever wonder if they did? That's why Family Life Today wants to give you their Take Your Marriage from Good to Great bundle with online marriage videos, audio sessions, and downloads of an ebook, a couple quiz, and a questionnaire. You'll also be entered to win Dinner for Two with Family Life Today's Dave and Ann Wilson and attend a live taping of the program. Sign up to win now at wordfm.com slash marriage. I know that on those tablets Mr. Moses brought down is the commandment to not covet. But I'll confess, my neighbor and his lawnmower is making it tough. He's got this stand-behind, ride-along space shuttle that covers probably three times more space than my trusty old lawnboy. So, when we have who mows the fastest races, which are completely fabricated in my head, he has some impressive advantages that I just don't have. And at our Faith and Family Mortgage Team, we're blessed to have a pretty special advantage of our own, and one that could be a big deal for you. Our team is lucky to be an arm of a bigger company that is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls, an advantage that often allows us to get you a better rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money on a refinance or new home purchase. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Mill Park, Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to MLSConsumerAccess.org. Corporate MLS number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Do you feel like there are more unanswered questions and few honest explanations about why so many of our liberties are under attack? Find out how we get back to a place of order and normalcy when you stream Morality in the 21st Century on Salem Now. Dennis Prager and Dr. Wayne Grudem confront the toughest social issues we face, and through never-before-told personal stories, you get a clear direction for a visionary future for this nation in this on-demand video special. Visit SalemNow.com to stream Morality in the 21st Century and type in the code Pittsburgh for a 20% discount. That's SalemNow.com. I like a bed that's really firm. I need something a little softer than that. Rest easy. With the Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed, you can both adjust your comfort with your Sleep Number setting. Can it really help me fall asleep faster? Yes, by gently warming your feet. Okay, but can it help keep us asleep? It senses your movements and automatically adjusts to keep you effortlessly comfortable. Sleep Number, proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. And now, save up to $500 on select Sleep Number 360 smart beds, plus special financing on all smart beds, only for a limited time. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. Can an evening of inspiration and music really save the lives of families in the Caribbean and Latin America? Experts report that starvation might soon become famine in many of the communities where access to food has been cut off. Join Food for the Poor Thursday, August 13th at 7 p.m. Eastern for a virtual national celebration, We Are One. You'll experience the power of unity to save the lives of families impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. RSVP today for this free event at foodforthepoor.com forward slash one. Foodforthepoor.com forward slash O-N-E.
we uh, had a friend who used to talk about um, living in a Christian ghetto. He'd call us, you know, and he would just make fun of it. He said, you know, his worst nightmare was living um, at the end of a cul-de-sac, uh, surrounded by Christians on either side, in his lawn chair, drinking in O'Doul's on a Saturday night. <laughs> and, and, you know, if, if, you're, if you've been around and if you're part of the culture, and, of course, if you're listening to Christian radio, the odds are that you are part of the culture, right? Um, there's a really a wonderful, obviously wonderful, incredible things about it, but there's also, if you're eating it nonstop, it can crush you or just draw you further away from your walk. Well, uh, we're happy to welcome him back to the show. John Tyson, John's a pastor and church planner in New York city, originally from Adelaide, Australia. He, John moved to the United States over two decades ago with a passion to seek and cultivate renewal in the Western church in New York city. He's got a brand new workout called beautiful resistance. The Joy of Conviction in a Culture of Compromise. Pastor, welcome back to the show. Hey, how's it going? Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, no, pleasure. John, Things are good. Yeah, we're happy to have you back, John. Now, what John Hall has lined up for us is the is one end of the continuum, right? Is that, you know, all of us are living together on a Christian cul-de-sac, you know, listening to K-Love and drinking at O'Doul's. The other end is that we're Christians, but we're more discipled by our culture than we are by the church. Um there's got to be a happy medium in there somewhere. It doesn't seem like, John, we can find it. Uh, no, I totally agree. We're always sort of bouncing between, you know, the poles. But you see the same thing with Jesus. Jesus found a way to navigate the complexity. He often withdrew and spent time with the Father on his own. And then he spent time with his disciples. But the point of that was for the sake of doing mission. So his heart was always to take the beauty of the community that he was building and experiencing and then to give that away for the sake of others. So a church without mission is going to be a church without Jesus because he came to seek and save the lost. So finding that rhythm is the key. Okay, so John, so you're a young man, you're in Adelaide, Australia, and you think my mission field will be New York City. I mean, what, was that the thought that ran through your head? <laughs> uh, not quite. It wasn't that uh, sequential. When I became a Christian when I was 17, I definitely felt called to the United States, and I heard about church planting in the early 2000s. And so I was already in the U.S., and I just got a vision for, you know, global cities and being in the heart of secular culture. And uh, so I moved there in 2005, and I've been there 15 years, and it just feels like home. I'm in a dysfunctional relationship with New York. I love it, and I hate it all at the same time. <laughs> John, I lived there for a decade in the 80s. Say no more. I was right, I'm right there with you. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you, we're probably living in very different New York cities. The 80s oh, I'm sure very different are. to yeah. what it's like now. Yes. Okay, John, so if we think about trying to live uh, – I mean, we uh, – we want to live lives of of some significance, of some impact. And I even hesitate saying that because I think that one of the things about our current culture is Christians feel like, you know, they're doing all sorts of crazy things, especially in social media, to try to gain attention so that they can feel like they're making an impact. So I don't want to go too far in that direction. At the same time, I don't want us to just wallow around in the cul-de-sac John talked about and not have any dynamic interaction with our culture and no path forward in our own faith journey. Yeah, Jesus addresses this in the Sermon on the Mount, which I think is the clearest teachings about what the church is supposed to follow. So he says two things. He says, don't do things to be seen by men, because that's a rebuke of what the Pharisees did. So you've got to have a secret devotion, being in the secret place where you're developing intimacy with God. But in the same sermon, he says this, 
don't take your light and hide it under a bushel. Like set it out for all to see. Be that city on a hill. And so the first part is about making sure our motives are right. And that's what God takes care of in the second place. But then living the teachings of Jesus in a compelling way in community shows the world how good life can be under the rule and reign of God. So once our motives are sort of sorted out by God, then we have the call to be the people of God on display for the world. Mm. So sort the motives out and then do good works in public. That's good. Right. So, John, when you talk and you preach on a Sunday or whenever you're preaching, is it harder now to separate that? Because, you know, Christians have become so infused with the political landscape, you know, that we're currently going through, all these different things. We've sort of attracted things that are far from Christ. But at the same time, you know, people say, I'm a believer, but they're carrying a lot of excess baggage with them. Well, yeah, one of the opportunities I think we have uh, in, in the world right now is to publicly manifest the Christian distinctives. There's a real opportunity for us here. So right now, the the whole world seems to be caring about um, injustice. The whole world is trying to care for one another on a practical level because of, you know, um, the racial tensions and also COVID-19. So we're rallying on a practical level. But the things that Christians offer in a moment like this is loving our enemies. It's civility. It is showing grace to one another. And these are things that the culture just does not manifest or have access to. These are Christian distinctives. So, yeah, when you uh, you over-identify with the political issues of your day and you impute too much meaning to them, you lose that objective distance to speak grace, love, hope, and truth, which Jesus Mm. calls us to into. So this is the chance for us to be a different kind of political, uh, a political citizen in some sense, by modeling the grace of Jesus. And I'm telling you, just by being kind, alone in public, sets you apart from everybody else in our world today. So there, very are, there is very real distinctives and opportunities for Jesus' teachings and followers of Jesus to manifest those. Yeah, John. Okay, flesh that out a little bit. So how do we lose our um, ability or our efficiency or, or, or effectiveness in speaking into current issues? Well, I, I honestly think part of the tension is that we've we've got addicted to control. And anytime you feel like you're losing something, whether it is political ground or worldview ground, the, the, the instincts kick in, which is self-preservation and fear. Mm. And self-preservation and fear are found nowhere in Jesus' teachings. In fact, he teaches the opposite. He teaches sacrificial love and giving ourselves away, and he, and he teaches love and trust in God. And so if we think the only kingdom that we're ever going to have is the kingdom of America now, we're going to be violent, we're going to be frustrated, we're going to be angry because we feel like we're losing so much. But if we have a a vision of an eternal kingdom, that's going to give us the grace to be patient, to to show love, and to point to something beyond the crises of our cultural moment. So it's getting our perspective right. Got it. So if we don't have the image in our head of where we're going, the eternal kingdom, then we end up getting caught up in like the petty disputes, the Twitter battles, you know, the Facebook wars, uh, because we feel like we have to fix it now. Yeah. And I think part of it is, is, and I'm not saying these things don't matter. They, they're going to impact people in tremendous ways. Real world decisions hashed out through politics that they have consequences. But if we're trying to cram eternity into one president's reign or into mm. one piece of legislation, we're mm. just putting too much into it. 
We're okay. just we're gonna it's gonna crush us because it's not gonna be able to deliver the kingdom of God the way that Jesus taught. So it's it's rightly measuring and rightly ordering what we expect and then keeping our eyes on things above and setting our hope fully there like the scriptures teach. That's good. Okay, John. So unfortunately, so here we are, right, in this particular moment in time where politics and Christianity have locked hands so deeply. So I, I guess if, if you see that, if you know that that's where we are, and you say, wait a second, I, I need Jesus first. I want Jesus first. What's that thing? How do you surrender when you instead want to lash out or you instead want to put politics first? How do you just First thing in the morning, I'm going to surrender everything to Christ at this moment. And throughout the day, I'll be kind and generous, and I'll be that light of Christ. And that the politics thing is important, as you say it is. It needs to take a back seat. So I've got to do something to make sure that I energize Christ always with me before I do anything. Well, you know, one of the things... um one of the things I've talked about in the past, I think it is so important for this moment. There was a book called Amusing Ourselves to Death. And in it, the author says, we're suffering from becoming cultural liars. And he calls liars, L-I-A-R, low information to action ratio, which means we know everything about that, which we can do nothing about. But then we know almost nothing about that, which we can do everything about. And mm. so we know about infection rates in Wuhan, China. We know uh. about policies happening in Washington. But you can do almost nothing about those things. But in terms of knowing your neighbors' names, caring about the people in your community, sacrificially loving the poor who are around you in the way of Jesus, you have so much agency and possibility. And so what we need to do is play our part and then get on with doing everything we can in our local communities to love, to serve, to give, to sacrifice and to care. And we can make such a difference on the ground instead of getting torn and caught up into larger debates, we honestly only can play a very small role in. That is so good, John. I am so happy to hear that. I never heard of that, the low info to action ratio. But of course, I have lived that every day, I swear, for the last five years. And I notice it in myself so much because of, you know, the job John and I have, you know, we're immersed in the news from the moment we wake up in the morning until the time of the show. And what happens is I don't have any energy left for my neighbor next door because I am worn out by the time I get there. And there is something wrong with that. I'm spending my emotional capital um, on the things that I really have no control or can, can exert no impact on at all. That's exactly it. And so I actually have a chapter in the book on um, rest must resist exhaustion because honestly, most of us aren't living like Jesus, not because we don't want to, but because we don't have the energy to. We literally do not have pockets of time to manifest agape love to our neighbors. So you use the phrase emotional capital. Stewarding our emotional capital is one of the most countercultural, radical acts of discipleship you can do in our, in our culture. Creating space and having time to simply love and listen and sacrifice is the key at this time of history. So you're on it. You've identified the problem. And then learning to manage that by putting in different rhythms, uh, I think, is, is, is radical at a time like this. Very few people are thinking, how do I steward my margin and give it away to others? And so Very to nice. me, that's a, an incredible place to start. Nice. John Tyson's with us. He's a pastor, a church planner in New York City. His brand new work is called Beautiful Resistance, The Joy of Conviction in a Culture of Compromise. So, John, uh, switch gears for a second. What does that look like for you know, your congregation's 
in New York City. Um, you know, I mean, New York City, famously a very liberal place, right? Uh, a lot of people are, you know, want to shake their fist at Bill de Blasio, the mayor of New York City and whatnot. So uh, neighbor to neighbor in New York City in a famously dark and angry place, that's got to be an extra leap. So you're talking to people in a different way than you might talk to people here in the city of Pittsburgh, or are you not? No, you know what I think it is? At a cultural level, there's a lot of anger and frustration, but on a personal level, there's a lot of longing and a lot of aching and a, a lot of loss of hope. And so I found that though there's a lot of cultural resistance to what we believe in New York, on a personal level, people are very open. When you listen to them, when you show respect to them, when you create a culture of honor, where you actually value their story and their opinion, I've been amazed how some of the hardest people who disagree with what we believe are completely open to having a conversation about things like truth, beauty, meaning. What does it mean to be a good society where people can flourish? So on an individual level, pay attention to those who seem to be open, who are open for meals or conversations or discussion. And that to me is the place to begin. So mm. I, I would say it's probably the same everywhere. We're all overwhelmed. We're all exhausted. We're all looking to be loved. And when Christians do that, it's amazing what uh, doors God will open. John, our time's almost up, but I want to make sure I ask you about social media because it's such a part of our lives, such a part of the lives of our listeners, and it uh, it, you know it creeps into our uh, radio show on like a minute by minute basis. But what you said about the the people um, that you're seeing in New York—they're filled with longing, aching, lost hope. I wonder if the arrogance and the bravado you know that we see online that can be so off putting to us and so anger producing, and if it's spoken by someone who's on the other side of an issue it makes us get all angry and then maybe we post something ourselves that we end up regretting um if we could look at that type of post and in our head think that that might be masking that longing and lost hope that you talked about i mean there might be a way forward right where we might not post the thing that we were thinking of posting i totally agree i mean tone is everything it doesn't mean we all have to pretend that we agree we've got very very deep conflicts um, but learning to say it in the right tone in a gracious way. The Bible talks about being wise in how you act towards outsiders. It talks about let your gentleness be evident to all. So I, it's a simple rule. It's like, how would I say this to you if you were standing in front of me? And what tone would I use to say this? And try and keep that as a grand rule. The other thing I'd say about social media is use it as a prayer guide. Don't just use it as a way to consume content. When you, when you see something, pray about it. Use it as a tool to point you back to God. And so most of my social media time is me, like missionaries used to have like photo albums of people they'd pray for and just use social media like that. Pray for people regularly and speak blessing over them. That's fabulous. Hey, John, thanks an awful lot. We really appreciate the encouragement. Loved our time together. Uh, Thanks for your kindness and for your wisdom. Oh, no worries. It's a joy to be on the show. Thank you. Our pleasure. John Tyson, his brand new book that we've been talking about. I can't wait to get my hands on it after this conversation. Beautiful Resistance, the Joy of Conviction in a Culture of Compromise. Very nice. We'll take a break. Come back. Say, we saw a piece in the Wall Street Journal about lonely girls, adolescent girls who in this COVID time are totally cut off from friendships, from their their bubbles. What's that like to be a young girl in this weird time? We'll talk about that in a few minutes. Hi, 
worked hard to provide for your family, but what happens when you're no longer here? You know, when people plan for retirement, they sometimes forget to consider their financial legacy. Your assets should go where you want them to go, not where some probate court decides. So why not be proactive? Kevin Bach can show you how to pass your assets along to your loved ones in the most tax-efficient way possible. Call Kevin at 724-837-3553 or online at IntegrityRetirementSolutions.com. Insurance and annuities offered through Kevin Bach. PA Insurance License number 352896. I was a little bit surprised, but so happy to see how eager patients were to return to the office. And their loyalty and their friendship means everything to us. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. At StockFamilyDentistry.com, WORD celebrates the high school class of 2020, and we'd like to reward your college-bound seniors' achievement during our Senior Spotlight Sweepstakes presented by Salem Media Group. Enter now through August 20th for a chance to win a $500 school package. Click the contest banner at WordFM.com and upload a photo of your senior with a short bio of their future plans. Then, Friday, August 21st, one lucky senior will win a $500 school package. The Senior Spotlight Sweepstakes, brought to you in part by Salem Media Group, Salem Surround, and this station. We are, of course, living in uncharted territory. Now, if you have kids who are in college or are about to be, this also is a layer of uncertainty and perhaps deep disappointment. We've got a child who is in a state university. It looks like as though they're going to be Zooming classes, but Grove City College is committed to opening schools this fall and having students to come back. We're not quite sure what that looks like, but Grove City will be open for business this year. Listen, John, I can't tell you how pleased I've been with the amount of communication that we've gotten from the school, just about how they're making decisions and where they are at this time and just recognizing the, you know, the variabilities of where we are right now in America. But I think at moments like this, when there is so much uncertainty, the thing I keep falling back on is the importance of hanging with people I can trust, people who've already established their reliability before this COVID emergency so that going forward, I can say, okay, I know these people and I trust that they're going to make a good decision. I agree with that. So if you're looking for a school that has a strong biblical backbone with believers who are there and an excellent educational initiative, it's Grove City College. Look online at Grove City College, gcc.edu. Grove City College opens this fall. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, tune in and on radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Partial clouds, tonight's low 67. Clouds and some sunshine for Thursday, high 86. Tomorrow night, cloudy with showers, low 65. Clouds and some sunshine on Friday, high 82. For Saturday, clouds and sun, humid with a shower or thunderstorm, high 81. And for Sunday, high 82. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. not have adolescent girls in our house, but um, I have a family that have adolescent girls. So I I often think about that, you know, what it is to be a young girl, say eight, 10, 14 years old and growing up in this time. I just can't imagine um, 
how difficult it must be. So uh, this article in the Wall Street Journal caught our attention. It starts out like this. Emerson Chrisman hasn't gotten together with her friends in four months because of the coronavirus pandemic. She says, quote, it's really hard not to see my friends when you're a 10-year-old. That's all you care about, and I really hate it. So a recent nationwide survey found that 78% of fifth through eighth grade girls feel more lonely and isolated since the pandemic began. The same is true of older teens. Uh, The study was conducted in May. Uh, It found that girls in that study, aged 10 to 14, a third are spending four or more hours a day on social media, primarily on TikTok, Snapchat, and Mm -hmm. Instagram. And all that time on social media contributes, obviously, to the loneliness. And now that different states have different you know, regulations on who's moving and when, g- young girls see that and go, wait a second, my friends are doing that yep. and I'm not doing that. So I'm totally on the outside. Mm-hmm. Right. Listen, this is my every day. Now, I don't You're missing girls, out. Yeah, I don't have girls who are adolescent. I'm, of course, what, I'm not sure what an adolescent actually means officially, but um, my daughters are uh, 18 and 20, 22. And um, it is all so overwhelming to have, I mean, social media is a terrific gift in some ways because you can keep in touch with your friends who you're not able to be in, you know, immediacy with. So that's yeah. a, that's a big plus, but the, the FOMO, the fear of missing out can get overwhelming, especially when families look at the COVID era differently. So there are families that, um, like my family, like we're, we just hang here, right? We, you know, we go out to the store if we have to, but pretty much since March, we've been like here yeah, we're at in home. the house. Um, a lot of my uh, girls' friends have families that aren't looking at it that way. So they have, you know, they were out and about in the middle of the, like when we were in red and it wasn't a big deal and their kids were meeting other kids and they were, you know, and all of a sudden you start to feel like, and my kids have been honest about this, you start to feel like, wait, is my family doing it wrong? And then if you feel like, well, no, my family isn't doing it wrong, then you start to really hate on the people who were out right? Because A, they're ruining it for someone, but more importantly, personally, you're having a good time and I'm at home. Yeah. That's difficult. I'm it's sure. It's really right? hard. It's really Fear hard. Fear of missing out. Yeah. Girls are, are, um, are particularly vulnerable to comparison with other girls. Women are always like that. I guess at any age, I shouldn't, I shouldn't just relegate it to girls because all women, all women are like that. I think more than men. And at an, in an era like this, when your face to face with other people is limited, it gets really hard to shift through what you see online in a way that's healthy. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I'll take what our last guest said, you know, and you can, you can take this any way you want, but you know, the pastor was talking about, um, you know, outrage on media. Yeah. What's his, what's his solution to pray, right? Heartbreak, disappointment, fear of missing out right now. What's your solution to pray? I mean, that's really basically what we have at our disposal, which is thank goodness, the greatest tool that anyone can ever have. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it's easy for me to say this because I don't have girls who are deeply missing out. I've got a son who feels like he's missing out on everything. Right. And it's a hard time for kids. That really is a hard time. Well, for and kids. here's the thing. It's not that they feel like they're missing out on everything. They are. Yeah, it's true. You know what they I are. mean? So right. I think that, that it's good to be able to say that out loud, to not say, I don't know why you're overreacting. No, like no. This is not like you're missing out on anything. I, no, no. Because the bottom line is that. Every, it, yeah. I go, I say, oh, man, I'm, I'm so you sorry. Just, you know, you my feel, heart's breaking for you. Right. And you just feel like 
you know, every parent who's looking at a kid is like, you poor thing. Yeah. I'm so sorry that you're having to navigate this at this time. It's just one disappointment after another. And it's not going to get any better. I mean, we're really thinking, hard. oh, you know, oh, summer school's back. School's a mess. And right. it might be a mess until who knows? That's a right. weird thing. There's this gigantic question mark. Yep. So all that anxiety is kind of like what we talked about a little earlier in the show, right? The unknown yep. creates more anxiety as opposed to just knowing something yep. good or bad. I agree. I agree. All right. Well, speaking of the unknown... <laughs> Our next guest is a doctor here in the city of Pittsburgh. Dr. Richard Zimmerman will be with us. We check in with Dr. Zimmerman every so often, and uh, he gives us an update about COVID-19 in Western Pennsylvania. Stick around for that, all right? So right home with John and Kathy, the Stay Home Edition here on Word FM. WORD. Turning Point with David Jeremiah. Heaven is a magnificent place created by the creator of all creation. The creator of creativity has saved his best work until the last. And he is creating for us a place that is so phenomenal that I'm just so overwhelmed we don't talk about it more. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his series, Revealing the Mysteries of Heaven, next time on Turning Point. This evening at 7.30 on 101.5 WORD. I know that on those tablets Mr. Moses brought down is the commandment to not covet. But I'll confess, my neighbor and his lawnmower is making it tough. He's got this stand-behind, ride-along space shuttle that covers probably three times more space than my trusty old lawn boy. So, when we have who mows the fastest races, which are completely fabricated in my head, he has some impressive advantages that I just don't have. It's Ryan, and at our Faith and Family Mortgage Team, we're blessed to have a pretty special advantage of our own, and one that could be a big deal for you. Our team is lucky to be an arm of a bigger company that is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls, an advantage that often allows us to get you a better rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money on a refinance or new home purchase. We are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Hi, this is John Hall telling you how much I love my pillow and how it's really changed my sleep. Check out the new mattress topper. It's truly amazing. I don't know if I love my pillow or the my pillow mattress topper more. Get a my pillow mattress topper and get some of the best sleep of your life. It comes with a 10-year warranty and a cover that's washable and dryable. It is made in the USA and backed with Mike Lindell's 60-day money-back guarantee. MyPillow.com. Save 30%. Use promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 when you do. Mike will give you two standard MyPillows for free. That's MyPillow.com, promo code WORD, or by calling 800-391-0954. Seriously, get the best night's sleep of your life. It's all about my pillow. 800-391-0954. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit mypillow.com. Liberty Mutual Insurance Company presents and Doug. Check it out, Limo. <laughs> Got a brand new motorcycle jacket and matching leather pants. Now let's go for a ride and tell everyone that Liberty Mutual customizes their motorcycle insurance. <sighs> So you only pay for what you need. Oh my gosh, this leather does not breathe well. You can't suffocate in leather, can you? 
Liberty, 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 Liberty. Get a customized quote at LibertyMutual.com. Dr. Richard Zimmerman is back with us. Dr. Zimmerman is a COVID-19 researcher collaborating with the Centers for Disease Control. He clinically tests and treats coronavirus patients. He's had decade-plus experience as an infectious disease epidemiologist. Rick, welcome back to the show. How are you today? Hey, doing well, thank you. Good to be with you. Thank you. Always good. Okay, Rick, so we still have high numbers. Uh, Happy to see they are declining a bit. Does that give you some hope? It does give me some hope. Um, but it's a little cautious hope because if we're not careful, we could go the other way. The other thing that is the bad news is that there's a lot of hospitalizations. We're not overwhelmed, but 120 when I looked yesterday at UPMC within Allegheny County at just the UPMC facilities and remdesivir, the antiviral is short in, the, in short supply in the city. Um, and so people who get infected, in this next couple of weeks, may not have access to it until supplies are replenished. Wow. So today, uh, Rick, I'm looking at headlines. Allegheny County Health Department reported 125 new cases, along with five additional deaths, 10, uh, 10 new hospitalizations. So uh, among all Pennsylvania counties, Allegheny County has led the most cases, followed by Philadelphia with 111. So um, even though it's better news, it's still here and it's still here strong. I think it is, and I think we're going to see this wax and wane over a month's period of time until we have a vaccine or until we have such uh, great habits and social distancing that uh, transmission's interrupted. Hmm. Okay. Rick, I saw some news on masks that I thought was interesting. From the very beginning, uh, we've been talking about masks and saying, look, you don't wear this for yourself. You wear this for your uh, brothers and sisters who are around you. And I mean that in a general sense, not in a familial sense. Um, Looks like new data is saying that your mask might protect you from a greater virus load. Talk about it. Yeah, there's thoughts that... The more virus you get, the worse your disease might be. And this isn't the first time in infectious disease epidemiology we've had that thought. And so the mask may reduce the amount of virus that you receive. And a lot of it's going to depend on the fit and quality of the mask. A very thin, poorly fit mask, obviously, much less protection. There you're really protecting the other person. A better fit mask, more layers, tighter weave, then you will be getting protection yourself. And there's medical evidence to back it. See. So, Rick, I, I don't want to get into the politics of the situation, but, you know, the, the COVID-19 has become so deeply politicized. There are still many, many, many people in this country who believe that this is, you know, a government hoax or the government has manufactured this or I'm not going to wear a mask because, you know, my freedoms are being infringed upon. When you when you engage with people like this, there's absolutely no reason or medical data that you can use to persuade people that this is, in fact, the reality of the situation, that COVID-19 is deadly and dangerous and it is amongst us. I agree with you that there's a lot of concerns of conspiracy theory, and it it breaks my heart. Um, You know, let me just say I've had the privilege, um, not that I've done it well, but the privilege of being an elder in three denominations, um, uh, attending in part um, a Christian school, and, you know, before God, this is a real disease. Um, I've treated it. I've seen it. I've diagnosed it. It's real. 
And if we base on what we're seeing from the CDC, the fatalities are about six times that of flu. Now, I need to admit that earlier estimates from different groups, um, including the British group that has been in the news a lot, you know, suggested we might have 30 or 40 times flu deaths. That's not true, but it is at least you know, sixfold. We often lose 23, 25,000 people in a year from flu. We all know we're closer to 150. Maybe we've undercount. Um, it's pretty clear this is worse than flu. Okay. Worse than flu. Dr. Okay. Rick Zimmerman with us. Uh, Rick's with us regularly. God bless him. He's a COVID-19 researcher collaborating with the Centers for Disease Control. Um, Rick, talk to us about the uh, race for the vaccine. Well, there's, uh, you know, and the government to be commended that there's been so much effort and attempts to cut the red tape. There's several vaccines. There's the Oxford vaccine, um, and it is moving along well. There's the Moderna vaccine and the vaccine that Pfizer has been doing with the German company. So we have three vaccines that are moving along pretty fast um, within a week or so um, or two, I would expect vaccine enrollments in Pittsburgh for the Moderna study. That's using a newer technology uh, called messenger RNA. Um, there have not been major safety concerns. Um, and I've heard one of the lead people who I know who's an investigator in the, in the Moderna vaccine, and I trust her integrity, and I, her science is first rate. Um, and I listened a week and a half ago or so to her explain the safety details as they really looked to make sure it was going to be safe. Um, and now so it's going to be available for those who want to participate in a randomized trial. Wow. Um, followed very soon after that's by uh, leave the Pfizer vaccine and then later on by one of the other vaccines. I see. So, Rick, as you join us, as you have many times in the past, we talked about this vaccine. And, of course, you know, early stages down the road. I mean, can you crystal ball it in any way? I mean, is there a timeline? I mean, people are saying Thanksgiving, Christmas. Some people are saying, you know, February, March. What do you think? I think it's very possible for us to have uh, the data collected by the end of this year, this calendar year. The licensure of a new, the new vaccine, my guess is if it goes well, would be and release January, February. Um, it depends on which vaccine and how fast they can accrue patients and accrue endpoints, because you have to have people get disease in either the placebo arm or the active vaccine arm in order to be able to count. I see. Okay, so then, so it does, so say it gets out there the beginning of the new year, that's not to say that overnight COVID's going to go away. It's going to take a while for everybody to get a shot, and then it's going to take a while, for, you know, for it to pass through. So, when it's all said and done, I mean, will there be like, you know, victory in Europe, you know, like a, a moment where we go, okay, it's July of 2022, the COVID thing is gone forever? I sure hope we can do that, but I am not going to bet on it. Um, it's going to require the, some of the vaccines are two doses, some three doses um, of, of these early vaccines. So it's not just 
one dose to get all the protection. And mm -hmm. you need a couple of weeks typically after a vaccine to develop sufficient immunity. So we keep pushing back that date of population protection. And there's so many people who are hesitant about a new vaccine that I'm not sure how many will take it to start. Right. So those things are going to push that effective herd immunity date back. Dr. Rick Zimmerman with us. He clinically tests and treats coronavirus patients right here in Western Pennsylvania and has decade-plus experience as an infectious disease epidemiologist. Rick, um, it has to um, – I, I don't even know the answer to this question, but just because I'm so ignorant, I'm going to assume that mass producing any vaccine, once it's been arrived at, has to be a gargantuan undertaking. Uh, it is. Fortunately, with these new platforms, we can do it much quicker. There have been tremendous advances in vaccine technology, and this is one of the times they're really going to be put to test. After the 2009 pandemic, um, there was leadership in uh, the federal government that really began to push for an increase in manufacturing capabilities and a move to more modern vaccine platforms. And we are so fortunate that that was pushed. Okay. Rick, talk about schools. What's yeah. your opinion about schools regathering? So I'm going to differ from some other people, and that's okay. It won't be the first or the last time. I think at the table for the school's decisions, you need a parent voice, a teacher voice, an infectious disease epidemiology voice, um, and maybe a couple from each of those people. I don't think any one person should make that decision. I think people need to be aware of what are the constraints. I think people need to look. There are special needs people who should not probably be back in a normal classroom. There's other people who will be literally low risk. There are families that are willing to take no risk and they're going to need online. There's other families that say, my kid learns much better in a school. I need to get him back to school. And so I, I think it's complicated. I think we need teams. I don't think my specialty should be the only voice, and this is where I differ because there's a lot of people think that my specialty has got the nose at all. I, I think we are a strong part of that, but we are not the only. We need the teacher. We need the parents. Okay. All right. What about, um, and Rick, our time's almost up. What about, you, you, I want to go back to hospitalizations that you mentioned a little bit ago. Um, I don't know if you said that the, that one of the particular drugs, the one that begins with R that I can't think, that, think the name of, um, help me with that. Remdesivir. Thank you. Um, so it's in low supply. Is that just in the Pittsburgh area? Is that nationwide? Uh, there are shortages in other places as well. So, yes, the surge of hospitalizations has outstripped the manufacturer's ability to supply it at the moment. Got it. Okay. We have any we have any feeling for when that would be that supply would be replenished? I don't know. I, I know they're working, you know, night and day. It's a life saving drug for many people. Right. Yeah. Okay, Rick. So last thing, um, obviously you join us as a doctor. but We also know uh, we know you personally that you are a man of Christian faith. Um, how's your faith been throughout this whole process? What are you thinking about? What are you praying about? Um, I have uh, been listening, and this will really date me to some old John Gerstner, uh, Westminster mm -hmm. Confession um, uh, films, and thinking about that and the, the, the different pieces. And so um, I'm challenged. Uh, I don't have his grasp of theology, and I was uh, talking to one of my friends, uh, Scott Boyd, yesterday when just about the challenges I have of understanding Gerstner's full take on uh, predestination and such. Um, fortunately, this has been a, a 
pretty good week in uh, walking with the Lord. There have been other weeks that have been more challenging uh, due to my uh, uh, rebelliousness at time and due to the stresses of uh, work and uh, situation. But it's been a pretty good week. Very good. Yeah. Well, Rick, Rick, yeah, so happy that you were able to be with us. We pray for you, for everybody who's on the front do. lines and fighting this virus. We owe you guys so much. And um, so thank you, not just for that, but for your time today. Um, certainly. Great questions. Thank you. Dr. Richard Zimmerman, he is our COVID-19 expert here on The Ride Home, and his presence is greatly appreciated. Take a break. Come back. The movies online or in the theater. You scream. We all scream for ice cream. That's exactly what's happening every day at the Springhouse in 84. We're literally up to our elbows in ice cream. But who could resist a cotton candy ice cream cone? Or how about cookie dough? Or Heath Crunch? Or even raspberry chocolate yogurt? You've just got to try them all. If not a cone, then how about a toasted almond fudge ball? Creamy vanilla ice cream rolled in toasted chopped almonds and topped with gooey hot fudge and real whipped cream. Or better yet, a strawberry ice cream shortcake made with real old-fashioned shortcakes smothered with sliced strawberries and again, real whipped cream. Jump in the car now, head to 84 in the Springhouse, where we want you to scream for ice cream. This summer, turn your yard into the perfect getaway. Whether it's a lawn spruce up a fresh coat of paint, or a s'mores-worthy patio upgrade, HomeAdvisor has the best landscapers, painters, handymen, and more to get the job done right. With the HomeAdvisor app, it's never been easier to check prices, schedule, and pay for hundreds of everyday home projects in just seconds. For any project you're dreaming of, you can count on HomeAdvisor. So get the HomeAdvisor app, and we'll do everything to fix up your everything. Hey, Mike, how's the house coming along? (sighs) Needs a ton of work. The pipes are leaking. Needs a new roof. The AC just broke. I just don't have time to do it all myself. You know anyone? Oh, just ask HomeAdvisor. They match you with the best local pros for any home project. Cool. Yeah, you can read reviews and book appointments online. What's it cost? Actually, HomeAdvisor is always free to use. Nice. I'll check it out. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free app. HomeAdvisor. Can an evening of inspiration and music really save the lives of families in the Caribbean and Latin America? Experts report that starvation might soon become famine in many of the communities where access to food has been cut off. Join Food for the Poor Thursday, August 13th at 7 p.m. Eastern for a virtual national celebration, We Are One. You'll experience the power of unity to save the lives of families impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. RSVP today for this free event at foodforthepoor.com forward slash one. Foodforthepoor.com forward slash o. Today's forecast calls for clear skies, slight winds coming out of the Northeast, and customized car insurance from Liberty Mutual, so you only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. We are welcoming patients back, and we're happy to do so. Although we can't give the normal hugs or handshakes that they might be used to, the same exceptional dentistry, the same compassionate care is still there. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Theater for quite a long time, but when we go back, AMC and Universal have agreed to this really, really, uh, it's a game changer for people who are going to the movies. Check this out. Under this new deal between AMC Movie Theaters and Universal, 
the theatrical window when movies are shown in the theater proper is now 17 days before that goes to streaming. Now, it used to be 75 days, but now they're saying just 17 days. So for me, for a lot of people, they're going to go, I'm not going to the movies. I'm just going to hang out and I'll wait. Now, here's the deal. You'll still have to pay for it. Right. It's not right. like it's going to be free right away. You'll still pay a premium price to see it in your living room. But for safety or whatever, or just comfort and convenience, I'm not going to go see it in the yeah. theater. OK, they must be desperate because well, that's one on of those knees. things. Once you make that decision to move it to 17 days, you're never going back to 75. No, no, no way. Right. That horse is out of the barn. I mean, everyone's talking about, you know, COVID changed this, COVID changed that. COVID will change movie theaters forever. There's no doubt about that. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Right. Hey, thanks for being with us. We're streaming as well, of course. Um, oh, we're not actually today. What am I talking about? What? I got nothing. Just, just don't even talk about that, what I just said. Okay? The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.